Hi, I'm Maureen Metcalf, CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. I appreciate your interest in this show's topic. It's an archive edition on our Innovating Leadership podcast. This interview is a few years old. We have since evolved as an organization and in our podcasts. We've renamed the company from Metcalf & Associates to the Innovative Leadership Institute and significantly improved our audio quality. What's consistent over time is our guest's wisdom. It's timeless and worthwhile. Stay tuned and enjoy. Today, we're going to talk about lasting solutions for distribution center labor shortages. And our guests are Will O'Brien and Dave DeBose. Will's a partner at True North Growth Partners, where he works with organizations on supply chain and operations side of their businesses. Dave DeBose is a senior supply chain professional with a strong cross industry experience, including retail, consumer products, resources, and high tech in North America and global theaters. So between the three of us, we have 90 years of experience. <laughs> Let us hope we're smart. Or more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about labor shortage and the fact that it's not going away. Thank, Thank you for having us. Thanks. Great to be here, Maureen. Let's start with the labor shortage for D.C. centers. How significant is the labor shortage and how many people work in a typical D.C.? It's very significant. Dave just looked quickly uh, at the Google machine, as I call it, and uh, Columbus, (laughs) where we are today, is at about 3% unemployment. And I think functional full employment is for between 4 and 5%. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look at uh, some government numbers, there are over 700,000 jobs that are open in excess of applicants for those jobs. So what happens if I run an organization and we just don't have enough people? Do I not ship stuff? Well, do people work longer hours? What What do we yes. do? <laughs> yes and yes. And to some extent, you're, you're a little too late, but that doesn't keep an organization from scrambling. So okay. they're going to be working on wage increases. They're going to be working on giving bonuses to stay or to sign on. Mm-hmm. There's going to be overtime. And that's where the leadership is really stressed in terms of how good of leaders they are, because a lot of times that ends up being taken out on the people. Right. I remember working for a client, and it was the hourly workers in a manufacturing right. facility, mm-hmm. and they had issues of people sneaking out of their shifts to pick up their kids from daycare. Right. Things mm-hmm. like that because mm-hmm. they were right. they had compulsory overtime, and you're choosing between your job and your kids. Correct. And those are pretty untenable and choices. So the earth is shaking when that happens, and there are a lot of retailers that lose sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and we're in Columbus, so we'll just cite the statistic about 3% unemployment. So we're in a tight situation. If you live here, you realize this is a distribution hub, one of the great distribution hubs for the United States. And... Um, in particular, we have uh, a number of different industries, but in particular, we have a lot of retail here. Mm-hmm. Uh, specialty retail, in particular, tends to have a severe spike at holidays, something like three or four x to one. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, in fact, my old employer. One of the sayings was, "A day is a week, and a week is a month." Uh, so when you're talking about the volume uh, compression that hits, the wave rather that hits, starting well, you, yeah, around Thanksgiving, it actually starts more like November first. Now, okay. uh, things have kind of moved back in terms of the calendar, and it extends through, you know, January. January. Basically, so it's a it's a and and the companies that are out there are very very well aware of this. They're all mm-hmm. competing for the same resources. We'll talk right. some more about that, but they basically uh, have a plan to 
go out and just acquire those temporary and seasonal resources because mm-hmm. they know they're going to have this enormous spike. Now, because our audience is global, I don't want to focus entirely on Columbus. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming right. sure. distribution is a global issue because the components used to to manufacture everything we use come from around the world. Absolutely. Your shirt probably has buttons from one country, thread from another country, Correct. fabric from a third country, and they may actually stitch it someplace else. Correct. And China is becoming more expensive even as a manufacturing point because there's so much demand coming out of there getting getting a middle class or becoming more expensive. As China gets more expensive, a lot of that production starts moving to Indonesia and other markets, right? So this really is a global issue, not just a Columbus issue. Absolutely. Columbus is, is an example of the distribution side of things, if you will. But if you look at the overall supply chain, it is very integrated. It is definitely global. And there's definitely a ripple effect that goes all the way around the world. Okay. In distribution, when we used to, and this is a North American statement more, so bear with me, but we used to consider where we're going to put the next distribution center for a number of reasons, balancing transportation costs, but we'd always look at at labor market as well. Okay. Because you could be one, you could be 25 or 30 miles away and normally be neutral, you know, Mm -hmm. overall Mm -hmm. cost-wise, so you look at the relative labor markets. And you used to know some markets were good labor markets than others, Mm -hmm. right? There's not a good labor market anymore. Specifically in the U.S.? In the U.S. Okay. And I'm assuming there are other entire countries or portions of countries that have similar dynamics. Correct. Okay. Correct. And Mm. others that have relatively high unemployment, but there are other factors influencing the unemployment. And I uh, I talked to one executive, and he said, Will, I spent my whole career in this market that he was in. He said, I've never had a trouble. I never had trouble getting employees. Last year, I had trouble. And this year I'm having worse, and that was that was actually it's about two years ago that we had this conversation, mm-hmm. and it's just gotten worse each year since then. It's a challenge kind of across the board. So as we go through in the third segment, we'll talk very specifically about what people can do. In this segment, to kind of wrap it up, what happens to D.C. operators when there aren't enough workers to fill the open roles? So think about it. I'm in a situation where I need to get three to 400 people to, to fulfill my peak season. Okay. And, as a, and this is a very retail-centric analogy, but it's mm-hmm. not limited to retail. If I blow fourth quarter, which is the peak season, mm-hmm. I'll blow the financials for the whole year. So mm-hmm. that's a lot of corporate pressure coming down on you. I'm going to pay whatever I have to pay to get the people in here. And to the extent that I fail at that, I risk losing a lot of sales. And there are no shortage of retailers that have gone out of business because Christmas didn't show up. Because they, And part of that is mm-hmm. because they couldn't fulfill and right. if I have to pay whatever it costs, that eats into my margin. Now I'm selling unprofitably, right? Um, I'm also reducing the standards that I hire by. So I'm pulling people in. They can't pass my drug test. That's they probably common right now. Correct. Right. Who's got the backbone to stand mm-hmm. up under that pressure I described mm-hmm. and to say, no, I'm not going to hire this person when this person is willing to unload a truck you know, for me? Right? Yeah, and they don't have to be completely coherent to, right. to take boxes off. I talked to an operator. This was uh, around October or so. And he said, you know, Will, I hired 12 forklift operators. Mm-hmm. A week later, I only had three. Now, those guys, you want to be sober. <laughs> yes, <laughs> be. Most, right. most definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's machinery. Sober, yeah. And there is yeah. some, some skills necessary because mm-hmm. you're putting things up, you know, 20-something feet in the air, a very heavy pallet of product, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there's some skill to it. Okay. And he's having such trouble if he's – and that's – he only kept three a week later. 
I don't know what happened in weeks two or three. How many of those three he kept? But I had to hire 12 to have three a week later. And I thought that was terrible. And I thought maybe that's that's just, you know specific to him. And I talked to somebody in whole other part of the country, and his answer was, "Well, yeah, that's about right." Yeah, <laughs> and we're and we're you know we're laughing a little bit because some of it is you know a little bit funny. But these are serious. It's not funny when it's your issues. business. Right. Your job. You right. do have to really think about and contemplate these issues and do it in a very planful way. And it's difficult. And when you get into you know, there's a danger of getting, you know, into, I'll call it the fire of peak season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll, you know, we'll hit on this probably a time or two, but your options are expensive and few mm-hmm. at that point in time. But you still have to do something because, to Will's point, you know, you don't want to risk missing holiday and going right. out of business. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a tough problem. So now year two and three, a lot of folks, I don't think this is robust enough, to say, yeah, we're going to be ready because I've already prepared the organization to increase wages in September. Again, well, everybody, the other six buildings that you're competing with are increasing their wages in September, too. And I bet you Amazon will increase some more. Now, I wonder, and I am clearly not the expert, but I wonder about people moving from one industry to the next. So say I've got a robust construction industry in the summer, and I need people to to work in my DC in the winter. Mm -hmm. Is there a transition between uh, labor fields where I can draw from surveyors or people who are directing traffic during road work or any number of people who have some skills and either train or, or they're already trained up and they just, maybe they surf in the summer and they work in a DC in the winter. Yeah, so there's transient you know, and there's jobs that lend themselves to just about anybody can show up okay. because unloading a truck is moving a box. And so there's mm-hmm. other jobs that you're interacting with the screen and you have to be able to take instruction. You have to work at a certain pace. Right? Yeah, you have to be mm-hmm. literate. Right. And th- we still have people who Correct. aren't. Or right. you can design your systems for that. And that's a whole okay. other topic okay. is, is there are people with mental and other challenges that you can okay. design a lot of interfaces for ah, that okay. enable them to work from graphical images. Mm-hmm. And it's and that, another subject, but it's a great workforce. Great sure. workforce. And it expands, expands your employee pool, too, frankly. I mean, well, so really dedication. it's great. Yeah, and absolutely. It's a, and it's great for our communities. 100%. Talk yeah, about right. stickiness. Yeah. That's that's one of the things because when you give them that, you give them some independence. You mm-hmm. give them some well-being that they never thought or their parents never thought that they would have. Mm-hmm. Walgreens is a pioneer of that. Mm-hmm. And those people, they just they keep showing up. And they're doing what they do. And, and they value the job correct. in a way that other correct. people may not. And a lot of them, it's about screening them into the right job. Mm-hmm. So they can work at productivity levels well beyond what your typical productivity mm-hmm. levels are. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, DSW's done a great job of that as well, yes. to another yes. data point. Yeah, okay. sure. Cool. So what are you seeing in D.C. that D.C. operators are doing to solve this problem? And again, I understand we're not limiting it to just D.C.'s, but maybe the broader supply chain. So why don't you first uh, let's expand the definition and let our help our listeners understand exactly what bucket you're talking about. Yeah, we've been using the term in the first segment distribution, which is, I think, a very accurate term. I, I would broaden it probably a little bit more to logistics. So we're talking about physical movement of 
of product. And uh, we're focusing mm-hmm. heavily on the distribution center and what happens in the, or the distribution center. Some people call it a warehouse, mm-hmm. uh, but really it is probably a little bit broader than that because you've got you know needs uh, that are outside of that up and down the supply chain. The DC uh, and the logistics within the DC, I think are really kind of the critical element here because you you run into, as we discussed in the first segment, a, a problem with just being able to get enough of qualified people and keep them and retain them okay. in, in, the, uh, in the environment. And it happens to manufacturers as well. So it's manufacturing. Last week, my wife took a picture in the grocery store and sent it to me because she was appalled that there is a huge display <laughs> of candy for Halloween. This was middle of July with Halloween displays already out in the stores. Oh my goodness. So think about why that happens, because what happens in the store in October has to happen in the distribution centers six to eight weeks ahead of that, and apps at manufacturing six to eight weeks ahead of that. So your Halloween candy has already been produced. So it's just time phase, but they're all facing it. And if it's distribu- or employee intensive business, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. same fundamental. When we talk about material handling equipment, we'll be pretty distribution yeah. specific. But there's the interesting thing is uh, you mentioned manufacturing, and um, the the thing is things do get produced. There's a lead time. Mm-hmm. Um, China or more broadly Asia is really the world's factory, right? Gets mm-hmm. made over there, gets shipped over in containers right. on ships, typically. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some probably law, law of physics, right? That stuff's got to have some place to go, right? So <laughs> it'll, it comes, you know, clear, you know, comes into the port of Long Beach or wherever. It comes into, gets into various distribution centers across, in, you know, this case, the U.S., but you could expand mm-hmm. that globally. And they're going to get full. Mm-hmm. And they're going to ship out to stores. So you got mm-hmm. your Halloween candy early, mm-hmm. you know, dynamic or bathing suits, or bathing in, February. suits in February kind of thing. And then, you know, those stores, um, and you could say the same thing about online, you know, where the, the, the DC is your store basically, but it's got to have a place to go, right? It can't mm-hmm. just sit there. Mm-hmm. It's got to move. And with lead times being what they are and uh, manufacturing uh, cycles being what they are, that's what you end up with. Supply chain, the job, I think, is to to make it as efficient as possible and take all the cost out, mm-hmm. which then leads us to where, which part do you optimize? Well, um, yes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, so that's the, you know, so, uh, you, you, I mean, you, you optimize all things. That's what makes it, you know, yeah. that's what makes it in a theory. tough problem. And, yeah, exactly. And and that's a, that's a tough problem. And that's uh, uh, basically uh, that's uh, our lot in life. That's, that's our lot in life, right? I mean, that's what we do. And it's and it's a tough thing. And it's a tough right. equation. There's and, and you know you kind of noted there's just a lot of variables mm-hmm. uh, across. Snowstorms. Snowstorms happen. Right. Things ha- you know you uh, you've got an ec- economic downturn. You got environmental factors. You got disasters. You got whatever. And it's mm-hmm. just. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things to f- factor in. So what are some DCs doing to solve the problem? What have you seen that's worked? Well, before I hit what's worked, let me tell you what tends to be what really happens, right? Okay. So you've probably heard the analogy of uh, Wayne Gretzky didn't skate to the puck. He skated to where the puck is going to be. Right. A lot of, uh, a lot of uh, distribution and manufacturing operators, I would say, are skating to the puck in terms mm-hmm. of, okay, mm-hmm. they got their fingers burnt last year. 
So I'm going to hire earlier this year, and I'm going to set my organization up that we're going to have higher wage increases, and I'm going to have retention bonuses for people that stay past December 25th, right? Okay, so November 1st I start hiring, or or Well, it's actually Halloween. back to August now, okay. and into July, moved back wow. from September. Um, all for Black Friday, or there is no Black Friday anymore? It's all the it's, sales it's, start? It's yeah, more of what I like to call yeah, gray November. <laughs> it's sort of a gray November. Is what, it's good no, we, which is it. what Columbus, Ohio is, by right. the way. Uh, yeah, true. Well, it's uh, a gray yeah, November. True. <laughs> no. so. If you're the only operator taking those actions, you'd be out of the game. But when all the people that you're competing with to hire their three and four hundred people for mm -hmm. peak, my three or four hundred people for peak, when they're all doing that, they kind of just moves the problem around a little bit, but doesn't really solve it. So we distinguish between health and wellness and emergency care. Okay. If you find yourself, I'm being pinched right now for employees next week, next month, or this peak, and the peak is, is coming on you, mm -hmm. it may be too late and your, and your options are fewer and they're more expensive. So you're probably going to come to the point where you're going to use a lot of temp agencies. You're going to be paying a lot of money, whether it's retention bonuses or wage increases or meeting what Amazon's going to pay or whatever it's going to be. They're going to be have some level of effectiveness, but it's, you can survive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think you need to aspire for more than survival because surviving doesn't mean when you published to the to the street the earnings that you'll survive at the earnings that, that we well yeah <laughs> right. still in business isn't my aspiration correct right, right. I mean I do aspire for that but more <laughs> so so I've read your work and we've talked extensively about this what else can I do so what, what our proposition is you know, if, if you need help on an emergency situation, that's one type of medicine. We're mm -hmm. talking about skating to where the puck is. And there's we, we think that there's kind of three fundamental things that somebody can work on. And then I call this more on the health and wellness path. Okay. So that you can be prosperous in the long term and you can have a loyal workforce that you get a lot out of. Okay. And you can control your destiny that way. Okay. Um, and so these and, are things like you talked about, alternative yeah. workforces. One. Alternative workforce, you know, I, I kind of group them into things that reduce the work content of the DC. So how can I support the, the demand that I have and do it in a way that reduces the number of people? And we're going to talk about about equipment, material handling equipment. We're going to talk about robotics. We're going to talk about a few things there. Okay. The other kind of group of things that I would suggest is, is and this is just my term, is be a sticky employer. There are things that an organization can do for its people if it really seeks to understand them, mm -hmm. just like they sell to their customers, sell to your workforce, and put together a, a, a relationship if you designed it so that it, somebody would be crazy to ever want to leave you. Okay. And we'll talk about some of those okay. things in a few minutes. And then lastly is get the most out of your people. Okay. Some of that is software technology, but a lot of that is just plain leadership. Okay. So, so some of this isn't surprising. Correct. It's running your business well and being proactive. Correct. Being right. a good leader. Okay. Right. Uh, so before we leave this segment, is there anything else you want to talk about with regard to the, the solution being more than throwing money at it? Well, I think that um, it's important to really start very, very intentionally mm -hmm. with a, a focus that is you know, months, months ahead of things, right? Okay. So, you know, if you get kind of smacked in the face and say, I've got to just start hiring a whole bunch of people, mm -hmm. holy cannoli, this is going to be a problem. 
that is a way of dealing with. It's not a particularly effective one. I, really, what <laughs> this, this is what we call poor leadership. This is called poor leadership. Reactive leadership. Yeah, yeah. Really, what you want to do is bake this into your the, the risk of using kind of warm words here. You want to bake this into your overall strategy, and so mm-hmm. HR. Uh, has got to play a really, really, cri- and, and your as well as your logistics and distribution leadership got to play critical, critical roles in doing this because you got to really think about your workforce, what it is you're trying to do. You've got to mm-hmm. think about your plan for inventory, and everybody has this as mm-hmm. time goes on. Mm-hmm. And then what is it really going to take just mathematically to meet that? And then I've got to think about what are my options and mm-hmm. really just get out ahead of it. I okay. mean, so a lot of it is just being very planful and thoughtful and and executing well. Okay. So conceptually, these are not new ideas. The tactics you're using may be very different given the change in the ecosystem that now I go to my friend Jeff Bezos every time I want to buy something and Lowe's (laughs) doesn't have it. Right, right. Or my local pet food store doesn't have it. Or it's the middle of the night, I'm leaving for a business trip and I realize I need something to be delivered at home that I forgot to buy. Two avenues of newness to hit at what you're asking about. Mm-hmm. Number one is technology is available today mm-hmm. that wasn't available in the past, okay. and it really changes the entire some of the blocking yeah, the landscape. We'll, we'll yep. talk about that. The other is orchestrating a more complex, a more comprehensive view towards how do I give care and feeding to my people so my people never want to leave. <laughs> and in a time right. of less than full employment, my people didn't it's want to leave at the important. rate right. that they're leaving now. Right, right. At this point, you said 3% here. Yeah, that's lower than structural unemployment. Sure, that, right. That's I've got to pull people out of the air. Right. I'm yeah. Springing them out of jail so they can come work for me. Yeah. So. And hoping they can pass a drug test. <laughs> yeah. Basically, <laughs> but have a playbook, put the right plays in it, and execute the heck out of those mm-hmm. plays. Okay. So, so it is a combination of things, right? There were mm-hmm. some, there were some sort of tried and true. This is not exactly rocket science. Just good leadership, good planning, good, mm-hmm. you know, good strategy and execution, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's that piece of it, which is. Uh, and now I think the way you do it, there's some secret sauce to that. Correct. But yes, there's that. Well, um, and that's why you've spent 30 years learning to do this. Sure, right, right. That your high school right. kids can't do it. Right, right, right. And then the other piece is, to Will's point, is there is technology that is available today, mm-hmm. thank goodness, that does provide different options than we had, you mm-hmm. know, 10, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. certainly. So. Yeah, I talked to someone from P&G yesterday, and he was talking about the way they've blown up parts of their business, and mm-hmm. one is supply chain. Mm-hmm. And the use of technology has completely upended how they think about, yet they still manufacture things overseas. They still come over in boats. Mm-hmm. Then they put them on trains. So some things remain constant. Stuff coming from another country has to get across the ocean. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. But the technology enables very different in, in a very approaches. Sim- yes, in a very simple model, you can think of it as sort of the plan, make, move, sell, deliver, return. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a very linear set of processes, right? Mm-hmm. The change with today's world is those really have to happen pretty much in a very overlapping, if not parallel, manner, right, to be able to be effective and to work in this kind of high clock speed environment that we live in where if I don't have it in an hour, you know, oh, my I'm God, what am I going to do? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know? well, an example of where fundamentally it's the same but you get under the details is different, it's not unusual at all for an organization to have one fulfillment center in the United States. Mm-hmm. Give it to FedEx, UPS, whomever, and get it out to everybody in the country, and it comes at a certain cost and mm-hmm. a certain speed. 
now they're online. Fifteen percent of all retail purchases are made online. Only fifteen percent. And it's growing rapidly. Okay, I was, growing, I was say, but with double-digit growth, yeah, forty yeah. percent of that's coming from Amazon, mm-hmm. and Amazon setting expectations for speed and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. They're putting fulfillment centers virtually in every metropolitan area. Um, in the they're they're getting increasingly close to the customers. So if I'm a brick and mortar retailer, what's my play? My play might be use my stores as fulfillment centers. Doesn't mean every store in my chain. But if I have a store in St. Louis, does that make sense for fulfilling St. Louis online demand, right? And we'll talk about some of mm-hmm. these things, but but fundamentally, it's just fulfillment. It's just picking an item, giving it to the postman, and sending it to Mrs. Smith. <laughs> but it can be done very, very differently. Well, in places like your former employer Lowe's, mm-hmm. which is my most frequent shopping experience, <laughs> <laughs> I can now go online, click stuff, and go pick it up at the front door. Right, sure. Things right. like that. Right. Now, yeah. I personally actually happen to like walking around Lowe's, but that does increase my spend. Correct. Correct. Yes. And that's, and they're, that's they're happy to have you do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Are there lasting solutions for a labor shortage? And so what do you suggest has to happen for an organization to effectively deal with the labor shortage in the long term, not scurrying about every year right. and panicking? So we, we think about um, three things, reducing the labor content in a D.C., and we'll talk about that in a second. In fact, let's talk about that now. Reducing the labor content, there can be uses of automation, traditional mm-hmm. material handling equipment, and robots. Mm-hmm. Uh, 70% of a worker's time is spent walking. It's not really? unusual to find mm-hmm. someone called a picker, someone mm-hmm. that goes down the aisles and picks the unit or picks the case, mm-hmm. to walk 13, even 15 miles a day. When I first started hearing those numbers, I thought there's no way that day after day. And mm-hmm. Oh, I bet they do. On them they and, do. They and sure do. enough, yeah. right. Yeah, they absolutely um, do. On vacation, I walked 10 simulation miles a day. Terms, so. right. And I wasn't walking eight hours a day. I didn't think I was in that good of shape. So. <laughs> But Slow they, walking. <laughs> Maybe it was walking eight well, hours. Well, a lot of those people are, work, are on time. They're on time standards and mm-hmm. they're, you know, slow, but they're they're able to get it in. So um, that's a place where some automation is happening. If somebody is walking, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. we can have something that we'll talk about in a minute called AMRs or AGVs or other type of robots that will take that goods okay. to person. Okay. But uh, DC bypass is something that uh, before we jump into inside the four walls. Mm-hmm. There are scenarios, particularly if it's at peak, depending mm-hmm. on who your customer mm-hmm. or your destination is. Maybe you analyze the product flows, which mm-hmm. is a very analytical exercise yep. that we yep. do all the time, and understand this vendor or this product group would be smart to just skip the DC altogether and go mm-hmm. direct to customer. Okay. Or skip the DC altogether and go direct to store because mm-hmm. the store, when it's changing season, is has its greatest need for inventory of that items if it's a seasonal type of a thing. Something about Christmas trees coming in, Halloween candy, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So you can. There's ways to do a DC bypass. Another okay. another thing is, uh, and a lot of folks are doing this. Uh, there are certain items that they want to show online mm-hmm. that they don't carry in the store or in the DC. The slower moving bigger. items, they're slower. Size okay. size 14 shoe, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Might get passed to Under Armour or Nike or Adidas mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whomever to be fulfilled, right? Because I will mm. keep, they don't sell so much or a strange color of a shirt, right? Okay. So 
that's kind of a norm. But if you're, mm-hmm. if you're again, if you're preparing for a, the, the peak and you need to carve off some of that demand, mm-hmm. um, maybe you can do analysis that would look at product categories or vendors and you have to compare, is that vendor capable and what's their cost mm-hmm. of doing that? Mm-hmm. So it, it is an analytical exercise. Mm-hmm. But there's some demand that you can just carve off and not have that product flow through the DC. And right? that's the value of working with someone like you who's had that experience and and go in with already a reasonable point of view and and yeah it's it's a hypothesis and a lot of data analysis Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. items of orders of you know channels um, correct yeah correct yeah i used to work (laughs) with a guy who called it you know that you're trying to solve the the pig through the python uh, Mm. which is Mm -hmm. not a great image i know but basically (laughs) it's you've got this this slug of inventory you know products Mm -hmm. that are coming in bathing suits Mm -hmm. what have you and um they're all different kinds of items, and it's, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And are there ways that you can take pressure off of your system by right. just avoiding the DC altogether? Mm-hmm. That's great if you can, mm-hmm. because that just helps get it, you know, it balances your what we call the logistics network better mm-hmm. that okay. way. And it also takes pressure off the mm-hmm. labor situation. Those can be permanent flows, or they can just be flows during peak season mm-hmm. okay. or transition periods mm-hmm. of, a, of a season. Okay. Right. Another is is using stores. We call it store-based fulfillment, uh, using stores for fulfillment. And that took a while to come and is starting to become more common. Not everybody is willing to do it, mm-hmm. right? Um, some folks are completely averse to the potential that that a customer that's walked into the store won't be served properly. Others say, we just don't have back rooms. Okay, that, that you know, large enough to, mm-hmm. to do this, right? So that means my grocery store, I can go pick it up at the curb. That's, Something that's like a that. perfectly good example. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. A couple flavors here are BOPIS is an acronym for buy online, pick up in store. Okay. And it's exactly what you described. Because I know I want X numbers of apples and whatever, and I don't necessarily need them to come from Amazon. Correct. I'm out. I'm driving home from work anyway. It's more convenient for store. you and safer for you to go by the store, yeah. give them your number. Mm-hmm. They put it in your truck than to have it sitting on your doorstep. So basically another. Temperature another, controlled. Yeah, I was going to say in the heat. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so in the, in the, you know, kind of the example of the distribution center. So instead of a distribution center employee doing that, you've got somebody in the store who's doing this. So you just mm-hmm. you just shifted that labor to another resource that may be hopefully less stressed at the time in terms of mm-hmm. less tax in terms of workload on that individual. That's okay. basically what you're doing. You're just shifting it. It's and another even... thing that Amazon has driven. So okay. historically, you would hear supply chain professionals say, you're going to pay way too much in fulfillment costs because you fulfilled it at the DC and at the store. And, you know, the world is going to come to an end if you try to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And your inventory is going to go way up because of the square root of N, which is mm-hmm. a technical inventory management term. The reality is Amazon is pushing the competitive for speed, you mm-hmm. know, for quality and for local which okay. has changed the environment, which makes some answers that I might not do in the past, I'm willing to do, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, mm-hmm. if you really analyze transportation and freight and handling, and mm-hmm. if you take a nice sliver of items that you're willing to do that for, it's not necessarily at a cost disadvantage. In fact, that last mile, that putting something in UPS or FedEx mm-hmm. from Memphis to San Diego can be pretty expensive. Okay. Right. Or I could have it go in a full truckload or an LTL in my most economic mode to my store, my remote store, and that transportation is, is now much more economical and I just have to do a local courier mm-hmm. to the 
So you got to net all those things out. That's that analysis that we were talking about. Or you're shifting it to me, the customer, to go pick it up for or the you're last coming mile. To pick it up. Yeah, absolutely. Correct. Right. You're, yeah, you're just Correct. shifting that. You know, and and again, distribution centers are built all around efficiency and being mm -hmm. very very efficient. So that conventional wisdom was, well, gee, you always want to do it at the distribution center, but with labor and with uh, with the uh, uh, the impact of peak season and mm -hmm. all the things that have happened. Well, okay, maybe it makes sense to still do it at the distribution center, or maybe it makes sense for you, the consumer, to do it or somebody to do it in the store. Because what didn't seem to make sense before may make a lot of sense now, just because would you rather miss the sale? No, of course not, right? Miss, that's, that's a cardinal sin, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, and we as consumers have now changed our expectations as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that I can go search online, find the most efficient thing, mm -hmm. and then sh see if it's in the store mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. which store in my area, back to my Lowe's example, mm -hmm. which store in the area has it. And, and if Lowe's doesn't have it, is there another hardware store that has it? We can see what I right. do on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it now, instead of driving around town for right. my multiple trips a day, I'm online for, or on my phone for five minutes. It's a very common sure. consumer behavior that's happening. I had an executive from DSW speak on a panel that I was that I was moderating at a at a conference once, and he said his, his point was we are twenty minutes away from seventy percent of our customers. Twenty minutes away from seventy percent of our customers. Right. If you look at our stores, okay, we can't afford to not use our stores for that type of fulfillment. Well, and we're paying for the stores, and we're paying for the Correct. employees to show up in the stores. Correct, yeah. Correct. Right. Those right. are 20 fixed. minutes away. So about what's the Amazon effect? I'll get it to you fast. Mm -hmm. I can get it to you economically. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use those stores, right? Okay. And they, found they, don't, they don't even have to use all of their stores. Let's just use St. Louis as our example. So they can ship, they can understand the store volume and have inventory there for the stores. The online demand, right, back to that size mm -hmm. 14 mm -hmm. shoe, they will they will ship in those items that they can forecast are going to sell in the St. Louis market. They'll try to get it to the right store, but if mm -hmm. they don't, they, then you know, they just run it across. The person the is told, "Don't go to Northland, go to Southland." Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, but they won't do that, say, with a size 14 shoe because that doesn't have anywhere near enough demand. Right. Right. So okay. they're doing some pretty innovative work there. So you're telling me about now the how I manage the content of the facility. You've also talked about an, uh, other tactics like being a sticky employer. What exactly does that look like? Okay, so being a sticky employer is putting those things in place that are gonna be very hard for somebody else to replicate. Okay. So some of the things that are not hard to replicate is making sure that you're paying a competitive wage. And I'm not, we're not saying that retention or sign-on bonuses are wrong. Just make sure that they fit in the portfolio mm -hmm. in the right way. Mm -hmm. Right. For some people in this uh, strata of, of employers, of, of employees, some of them value 401K, you know, paying for education, things, you know, career progression. Mm -hmm. Some of them, that's not significant for or insurance. Mm -hmm. Some spouses mm -hmm. provide the insurance, so it's not important mm -hmm. to to this person. So that is kind of assumed. You got to do mm -hmm. your your diligence Yourself. there, okay. right? But there's some other things that aren't so easy to replicate. A couple of those are think about food service. What are they coming to eat? Sometimes, sometimes they have to brown bag it. Sometimes it's just a vending machine. Sometimes it's the same old food that's always there. And mm -hmm. some cafeterias are really pretty pretty mm -hmm. good and sometimes and they're subsidized and healthy right. right yeah and sometimes they're subsidized so so back to understand what your workforce 
would like, would value, and which you can pull off. You know, mm -hmm. if you haven't built a building, you have a lot more latitude on a cafeteria. So if I run a facility that's focused on fitness, I'm probably going to provide healthy food over a kegerator. Correct. Uh, and, and I don't want people drinking during <laughs> if they're operating forklifts. And if I have a lot of, if I have a workforce with a lot of single or young women, young moms, right. maybe I do daycare. Sure. Well, Patagonia does pay daycare, and that's a really hard thing to replicate. Right? Okay. So, and they bring uh, it and they do, do it well. It, they do it yeah. well, and they do it yeah. in their DC as well as at their in their corporate environment. Okay. So they have found a twenty five percent reduction in turnover for people who participate in childcare. Wow. That's significant. That's better than the two dollar raise. Correct. Probably way less expensive for me as the provider. The convenience of I take my child to the same place I go to work. The convenience of if a fever is run, I don't have to get in my car and drive somewhere. I can just go over it. They'd be able to see him or her on break. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's just well, I know all sorts safe. of goodness that comes. I know right. that they're right. safe, and I know the person taking care of them mm -hmm. at a exactly. different level. Right? I, and I, if I'm popping in, the probability of something bad happening is lower. Correct. Correct. Than someplace an hour away. And, they, and so some people say, well, how do you pay for it? And so Patagonia did a pretty good job of analyzing how you, how you pay mm -hmm. for it. And they have offset about 90, I think they said 91%, which is a pretty precise mm -hmm. number, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's just say 90% of the costs have been offset. Is that about half of it just comes from tax benefits. There's some okay. tax credits they're eligible for. And 35% of costs incurred in a qualified program can be taken off of their, off of their taxes. They uh, they look at at reduced turnover. And I was going to say retention has to right. be huge. Retention is huge. That was and keeping that was a skilled about twenty five or thirty percent of their okay. Yeah, and keep right. Right, that's part of the retention issue. They get skilled up, they get very productive, and then they're gone. And I got to get somebody now else. Now I got to hire somebody right. else. I've got lost time, lost sure. productivity, and then the training time and, and right. yeah. expense. Yeah, you got a learning curve, right. and right, exactly. Right. They're not as efficient as that person who just walked out your door. Right. We both came. Dave and I both. I think all three of us were at Accenture at one point. Mm -hmm. Different points, right? Yes. <laughs> and the at the point where we had a twenty five percent turnover, it was hiring people. So those of us who didn't have fully staffed groups we're working more and then the time yeah. to hire and then the time to train them was oh, significant yeah. it's not just like they're breathing they're they're good mm -hmm. people have to learn the jobs mm -hmm. and i'm Absolutely. assuming similar different skills potentially but right. but that time to productivity was incredibly significant right absolutely Correct. absolutely yeah and the other is just associate engagement was where they gave about 10% mm -hmm. of the benefit from offsetting this. So so the other thing you talked about, and we only have a few minutes left, was employing people with varying kinds of what we would, I guess, consider disabilities or, right. or different strengths. Physical than... or cognitive challenges, mm -hmm. right? And, um, and, you know, Walgreens, um, who did you mention? I'm sorry, I just... Oh, uh, DSW has been a leader in this area. Um, yeah. And we put the program in at, uh, at uh, Lowe's Home Improvement as, as well. And it becomes a matter of there's some local agencies that mm -hmm. will help mm -hmm. with this in the job mm -hmm. training. And it's a mindset of screening people in, not screening people out. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely a change your change the life for somebody, mm -hmm. you know, in a business. And, um, you know, there's examples where... They might not take in information by reading. So, okay, the station you're at is the jet. So the screen has a jet, and they go, and I know I'm going to work at jet today. Okay. And I'm going to receive product. 
and they may receive product all day long. Mm-hmm. Receiving product is looking at it as it's got integrity, and, okay, and I put this label on it, and I pass it on. And they'll do that over mm-hmm. and over and over again, and mm-hmm. it's what they do. And and you can give the instructions through a GUI, graphical okay. user interface, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you just learn. You know, there is a training involved to get mm-hmm. them there, but they are of a very loyal, very productive. And I know the people that are real innovators on here said there's no, there's no freebies in this. They mm-hmm. don't. They don't get a lower wage. They don't get lower expectations. They don't get, you know, mm-hmm. anything like that. They are competing for work more effectively than most people in the building because they become very productive at what they do. Now, there's a smaller slice of what they do, Mm -hmm. but a great workforce. I would imagine also as an employee working next to someone like that, I feel good about the company I'm working for, that we really are serving our broader community. Those that haven't done it Mm -hmm. and then they take the leap to do it, that's the the change Mm -hmm. that they don't predict well Mm -hmm. a lot of them are afraid of that Mm -hmm. and then it turns out that wow these are really important people in the building just culturally Mm -hmm. right yeah Yeah, and i think it right you mentioned cultural right you're right i think it does help build that culture reinforces it too Uh, so it's a positive thing absolutely so as we're wrapping up We've talked about distribution centers facing labor shortages. You've talked about the three main solutions to get more out of the work, and that has to do with the content in the facilities, being a sticky employer, getting the most from your workforce. What did I miss? I think just in terms of getting the most from your workforce, there's some things that we probably don't have a lot of time to go into detail on, but there are some great new tools out there uh, in the realm of automated material handling equipment, robots, fancy stuff like that, frankly, mm-hmm. uh, but also IT kinds of tools that okay. you know use artificial intelligence mm-hmm. that help manage your uh, labor standards uh, and and really just make you much more more efficient okay. and, and supports that, you know, what I'll call the human mm-hmm. workforce mm-hmm. in a better way. Well, and you talked about earlier that that what's coming online or or available with regard to technology is accelerating. Oh, absolutely. And so what what's now possible with the combination of good leadership, good technology, and good people policies changes the game entirely. And there are some partners that Upshift is a partner that you can have, which mm-hmm. enables you to tap into a completely different temporary workforce, kind of like Uber. Mm-hmm. keeps you from having to use ah. a cab. Okay. You have a completely different driver that's that's – that's um, monetizing the times of their week or their day mm-hmm. when they mm-hmm. wouldn't normally be able to make money. So, I mean, they give examples of having executives and lawyers going in and, and working in a effectively a blue collar, you know, type type job because that's the way he's going to pay for his golf without taking out of the family budget. Or I feel like I'm getting something it. tangible done, like my Lowe's experience. Right. Well, there's a lot, <laughs> exactly. there's a lot of, of women that have kids, and you know, there's a period that that their schedule just doesn't make them particularly employable for mm-hmm. a conventional. But Upshift is kind of like Uber, where okay. the employer posts what they need. Um, I need somebody on Tuesday at 3, and I can say, okay, I'll take that. And you go in there. It's a, it's a great deal that's growing rapidly. So for our listeners, hopefully you've heard something that you can take away and put into practice, not just in the D.C. and logistics space, but if you're facing labor shortages, a lot of this will translate to the broader environment. If you want to 
get in touch with Will and Dave, how would our listeners get in touch with you, either learn more about you and what you're doing, or ask you questions? Well, we're both part of a firm called uh, True North Growth Partners, and our website is truenorthgrowthpartners.com. Very <laughs> Logical. <laughs> Just string the four words together, right? Yeah. Um, a little bit of a mouthful, but truenorthgrowthpartners.com. And there's a facility there to give, I think our number, phone number's yeah. on there, but there's yeah. definitely a facility there to leave us a message. Yeah. You can definitely contact us that way. Okay. They right. can connect with you on LinkedIn, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. great. We'd love to hear from you. So for our listeners, again, I hope that you heard something today that you can practically take away and implement in the next week. And also thinking about changing your mindset and what are you doing to be a sticky employer? How are you leveraging technology? And how are you leveraging people who are non-traditional in the workforce to create opportunities to build a loyal workforce and a brilliant culture of, of dedication? So this is Maureen Metcalf, and our show is Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating the Future. Thank you very much for joining us. Please do give us feedback. Either email me at info at innovateleader.com, connect with me on LinkedIn and leave me a message and I will connect back, or leave us a message on Facebook, Innovating Leadership. Thank you very much for joining us today, and please join us again in the near future. Mm-hmm.